All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting and upvoting the video. We'd appreciate it. We have Chris Gordy here. We're going to talk a little bit about Ole Miss and Auburn and potentially the third Saturday in October. How you doing, Chris? Doing good, man. It's uh, I'm a little, it's a little bittersweet. No, we're halfway through the season already, yeah. so that kind of stinks. Yeah. But uh, hey, this is where we get into the meat of the uh, SEC schedule and some big games coming up. Yeah, I, I've done um, two radio hits um, about the Auburn game, and both of them have asked me about Lane Kiffin to Auburn. So this week's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of understood that uh, if Ole Miss wins this game. Uh, you know, uh, it puts away Auburn and beats the crap out of them like a lot of people are expecting that comes Sunday or Monday uh, as Auburn heads into their bye week that the storyline will be Brian Harson relieved of his duties. So, um, you know, not to put any pressure on Ole Miss, but if you lose close, maybe it's enough that Auburn doesn't fire Harson. You don't have to worry about Lane leaving. I, honestly, um, the thing I told them on the um, podcast or the radio show today is like, there's not really anything that Auburn can offer right now that Ole Miss can't give him. Um, they're 17 and three over the last 20 games. All they have to do, all that's left is beating Alabama and winning the West. I mean, that's the yeah. only thing they haven't done. I think um, you know when, when you look at the programs. You know the the question came up last year with with Lane. What is holding him back from being able to compete? and win an SEC title or, or compete for a national championship in Oxford. And, you know, I think part of it is maybe say, oh, well, maybe recruiting. Like, I can put the, I can get a top 10 class at Ole Miss, but can I get a top three, top four? Maybe, at, but but even at Auburn, it's, it's going to be tough because you're competing with Alabama, recruits in state with Alabama. You're competing with all the other SEC schools. I think the transfer portal has helped Lane tremendously where he can say, you know, the come to the SIP thing is real. Like, literally – come to the sip and we will play you immediately and we'll and we'll compete but two i think the playoff expansion has kind of helped that conversation where lane says look it ain't all about trying to win the west and slay the dragon and beat saban in alabama we can go 10 and 2 and have a really good year and still get into the playoff and who knows so i think those things that have happened in college football in just the last year plus have really changed the landscape where lane doesn't look at it as Oh, well, you know, I'm limited here resource-wise. No, everything you want, you can do at Ole Miss, and um, that's why I think he's staying put. Yeah, anyway, um, we'll move on to the game this weekend. What are the storylines in this game that you're looking forward to seeing? You know, I, Ole Miss answered some questions for me last week. I kept saying, all right, dominant run game, one of the best in the country, but can you win a game if you have to? If that's being slowed down and you have to throw? Jackson Dart answered the question this past weekend, and I thought it was a very impressive game from him. Yes, he had a couple interceptions, but, you know, Jonathan Mingo, I mean, <laughs> like literally doubled his season output in one game. Like that was just so impressive. They had no answers for him, and there's no shame in beating Vandy. Like, somebody told me, oh, it's, it's just Vandy. Okay, but Vandy's much improved this year. It's not, you know, this isn't 0-12 Vandy. This is a much mm. better Vandy team, but never apologize for beating up on somebody and how you do it. Ole Miss should absolutely be celebrating the win. And um, like I said, I think they gave Jackson Dart some confidence in his throwing ability. And we've, we've had, at least I've had questions on him every week before last week. So I think he answered a lot of those questions and showed if they got a throw to win a game, he can do that. And so I look at this Auburn team and, and I think their MO is going to be to try to slow down the run 
And if they take away the run, can Jackson Dart and the receivers respond? And I think they will be able to. So all that said, you know, Georgia, um, you know, what was it? 14, nothing at halftime against mm-hmm. Auburn last week. And then they just rolled them in the second half. I'd expect even if Ole Miss is a little slow out of the gates this first half, like they were last week, you know, poured on the second half. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning somewhere. Um, they asked me on the radio hit the other day, is like, what score are you thinking about? And it's like, this feels like a 38-14 to 14 type game. 31-14, uh, to 14, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, because Ole, Ole Miss's defense has been, you know, we've talked about it. They've, they've been an underrated bunch. And when you look at even the most points they've given up, what, 27 to Tulsa, uh, you know, 28 to Vandy, although the game was weird how that one played out, but you held uh, Kentucky under 20. I think, like, I don't think all, all, this Auburn offense, I don't see how they get to 20 points. Uh, they have not run the ball well. Tank Bigsby has been super underutilized. Uh, Jarquez Hunter has been pretty good in, in utilizing him in the passing game, but I, I just I keep looking at it and going, how is Tank Bigsby one of the best backs and not just the SEC, the country, not getting 20 touches a game? And for some reason, somehow, Auburn keeps underutilizing him. And so I, I don't see that getting right this week against Ole Miss. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I don't see how Auburn gets to 20 points. And with Ole Miss, it's hard to see them not getting into the 30s at least. Yeah, you, you want to hear my analogy about Tank Bigsby yeah. and the way they use him? Tank Bigsby is like that china that your grandmother had that always sat in the, count, in the cabinet. You can't use it. You don't want to bring it out because it might get broken or uh, in some way dirtied up or whatever. So it's going to sit and be pretty over there, but you're not actually going to affect anything here. So it's kind of like, kind of like Grandma's China is Tank Bigsby. That's a good comparison. I, there was some band somebody referenced recently, and I'm like, oh, I've heard of them, yeah. And then I went and looked, I'm like, how many hits have they actually had? It's kind of like Tank Bigsby, like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. And then you go look at his number and go, wait, well, I guess he really – He's had like a couple good games here and there, but this year it's it's been so slow to get going. And again, it just speaks to the debacle that that Brian Harson has created there on the plains, and even more reason why he needs to go. All right, do you want to give a score prediction in this game before we move on? Yeah, well, let's go 30, 38-20. That gets 30. me to Auburn twenty, uh, so they maximize their offensive output. But I think Ole Miss, obviously, with the run game and 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 passing, I think they're gonna. Uh, especially in that second half, uh, score a couple more uh, touchdowns. So 38-20. All right. Um, Move on to the third Saturday in October. Um, Alabama and Tennessee, a game that has meant so much for so long that for the first time in like 25 or 30 years, both teams are top 10 teams in this game. Nayland is going to – Nealand, I'm sorry. Nealand is going to be an absolute zoo. Um, Yeah. I'm spending this week talking myself into Tennessee as a chance, but Alabama's going to win this game by 20, aren't they? I don't know about that. First and foremost, we got to see, you know, where is Bryce Young? I know they're they're playing at Coy all week, and is he going to play? And, um, you know, I'll say this. If Bama has to play Jalen Milrow, it may be Tennessee by 20 because yeah. Milrow's just not ready for – he's not ready for the spotlight. But I will say they're, they're bread and butter – has been Jameer Gibbs, the running back, the transfer from Georgia Tech. He had a couple good games early in the season, but these last two weeks, I want to say 36 carries for 360 yards. He has been phenomenal these last two weeks and really has gotten it going on the ground. So it's going to be a lot of Jameer Gibbs. If Bryce Young is back, I think he's going to throw the ball because let's look at who the – if we're looking at just the two biggest weaknesses of both teams, biggest weakness for Alabama has been their pass catchers. They haven't found that who's that next – go-to target who's the next uh 
Jerry Judy or, you know, fill in the blank with all the NFL wide receivers they've had. Uh, um, you know, they haven't really found that yet. Kobe Prentice has had a nice game or here or two. Uh, they, they're still trying to find that guy. The biggest weakness for the Vols is their secondary. And, you know, their pass defense has not really been tested largely yet. And so if it's Bryce Young, that secondary is going to be tested very much so. But I just think the, the way that Josh Heupel has this offense humming under Hendon Hooker, I, I'm looking at the interior of that line and the snap and how quickly they get it off and how quickly can Will Anderson and that defensive line for Alabama disrupt? Because we kind of saw it uh, with Will Anderson against Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson, they like getting that ball out quick. K.J. Jefferson, as soon as he got the snap, had pressure coming uh, through the A-gap. How much can you counteract that if you're Hendon Hooker? How much can you deal with that pressure in your face and still deliver? Now, it sounds like there's a chance to get Cedric Tillman back this weekend. That We just still don't know. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's been fantastic. Brew McCoy stepped up big against LSU at 140 yards receiving. But to me, that's going to be the big question when we watch this game. When Tennessee's on offense and they get that snap, how quick is that Alabama defensive line getting penetration? Because, look, they got pressure on AM last week, but we didn't see that penetration that, you know, I just thought they were going to eat. And they got pressure on Haynes King, but give Haynes King credit. He got rid of that ball quick. And we look at Will Anderson, as talented as he is, He's got a ton of pressures so far this year, but not many sacks. We thought this was going to be an Alabama defensive front that was going to maybe set a record for most sacks in a season. So maybe this is the game. I'll say this. If Will Anderson's getting multiple sacks in this game, you're right. This could be a game Alabama blows out Tennessee. But I just think Josh Heupel's such a smart offensive-minded coach, and you're playing at home. Knoxville's going to be hype. Neyland is going to be rocking. I think uh, I think Tennessee's got a, definitely got a chance at, at, at winning this game. Yeah, when I look at this game, one thing that I look at is when Alabama played Ole Miss last year and Tennessee last year, the one thing that you noticed was the hyper-physicality that Alabama played with. If it was third and nine and the receiver caught the ball eight yards downfield, the pile did not fall forward. He did not get that first down. If there was a third and one, Tennessee and Ole Miss did not get that first down. It was unbelievably physically played by five-star players all over the field for Alabama. If in this game, somebody like Brew McCoy, who is a 220-pound wide receiver, all of a sudden that starts falling forward where the chains can move and the tempo can go. Tennessee can be really effective in this game. If it's something to where there's some three-and-a-outs being forced by the Alabama defense, Tennessee could have a little bit of trouble Saturday. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I just think they've they've waited for this for so long, 15 mm -hmm. years that that stadium is going to be rocking and it, it's almost like Hendon Hooker you know like crowd surfing at a concert he's going to feel all the purple or uh, orange and white fans just their hands on him lifting him to excellence on Saturday so I, I'm going on the record I officially pick picking Tennessee to pull off the upset 41 to 38 I think they won it with a field goal late but the, look the key with this one is it doesn't mean a hill of beans for Tennessee Tennessee wants to get to Atlanta they still got to beat Georgia to get there Alabama can lose this game, still win the rest of their West games and go to Atlanta and win the SEC West. So it's a big game, but it's also not because it's East versus West and you can lose this one and still be okay. Yeah, it should be very interesting, but you're right. Neyland will be an absolute zoo. Also, before we get out of here, Mississippi State at Kentucky, they had a uniform reveal today going all white with the script State on their helmet. This is one of the best uniform combinations that Mississippi State has come up with. 
Um, there's rumors that Will Levis might not play. If that if that happens, Mississippi State's going to win this thing going away. But how do you see this game? Yeah, I, I was, you know, it was kind of one of the better kept secrets last week that uh, they were not going to play Will Levis. And then Kaya Sharon uh, did his best um, and, and just wasn't very good. He wasn't Will Levis out there. And so they ended up losing to South Carolina. Uh, it's sounding like Will Levis will be back. You know, he's had the turf toe and they've been treating it. So if he's back, he gives them a chance. Chris Rodriguez was good last week, ran for over 100 yards, just had an early fumble in the game that cost them. They had a blocked punt. Just all these mistakes that cost you in in an SEC game like this. So Kentucky, it's going to be on them to pack the house at Lexington and uh, and not make any mistakes. You're the home team. Uh, But, man, Mike, Mike Leach and the Will Rogers passing offense has just been on fire the last few weeks. And so it's hard to look at this game and not say that they're going to go in and throw for 350, 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns, a Kentucky answer. That's been their biggest problem is consistently scoring with this offense, even with Will Levis, because the offensive line has just been so porous and so bad for Kentucky. And Mississippi State's defense has actually been sneaky good this year. They, they're getting some good pressure up front. So, again, it's, it's easy to look at Mississippi State and say, uh, this is a game that they're going to win. But, um, look, if, if Will Levis is healthy and they can protect him, He's got to score some points to keep up with State and the Bulldogs. By the way, I thought you couldn't say anything nice about Mississippi State. No, I, I, I am team don't talk trash, um, and that way I can enjoy it and say whatever I need to say. Somebody's behind you waving at the camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I like Mike Leach is one of my favorite coaches out there, and him coming to Mississippi State and Lane Kiffin going to Ole Miss has done just wonders for this rivalry. Um, for the to- all the toxicity was with Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen, it's completely 180. It's, they almost don't care about one another. And also, the, bi- the big winner right now is ESPN because Thanksgiving night looks like it could be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, you're literally talking about these two teams right now are poised to, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see when Ole Miss gets to the Alabama game if they could slay the Dragon. Same with Mississippi State, but let's just say neither of them do. I mean, this still could be 10 and two type season on the line and another sugar bowl. And I think Ole Miss would give anything to go back to a sugar bowl with a healthy quarterback this time around and try to win it. So, uh, but again, I don't want to discount it. Ole Miss still undefeated. They could still SEC West still very much in play for them right now. You know, um, they have Auburn this weekend and Ole Miss is going, they're obviously favored on this. As you can see down below is the bet online line is 14 and a half points. They're going to be favored in Baton Rouge next week. They're going to probably be favored in College Station. And that is set up to where if everything goes right, that Ole Miss-Alabama game could be something that Ole Miss fans and Ole Miss hasn't – there's not too many people alive that's seen something like this. We're talking Ole Miss-LSU back in the late 50s level of hype. Yeah, and I think I think Lane will be smarter this time around with, with the get your popcorn ready comments and all that. But this one actually might be the one to get your popcorn ready. You gotta be smarter, don't go for it on those stupid fourth downs again. But um you're right. That A at AM game is gonna be tough just from a standpoint of their defense is playing really well. Their defense played lights out against Jalen Milrow in Alabama a week ago. So that 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 is still a danger spot. But you're right, man. If you can get through these next couple weeks unscathed. That what are tickets going to go for in Oxford? That's going to oh. be insanity. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's one of those things. If Ole Miss wins their next three games and Alabama takes care of business, there's no doubt where game day is going that weekend. <laughs> you know, it's not even where you're like, game. I don't know where they're going to do game day because SEC Nation will probably be there. And normally whoever's covering that game is on the Grove stage. Well, game day is obviously going to get that. Where does SEC Nation, where do they set up? It, it, yeah, it, yeah it, it's it's weird questions that Ole Miss fans have not had um, very often over the years. Where, where's Katie Perry? Tell her to mark that on her schedule right now. She needs to be there for that game. Yeah. Oh, if, if Katie Perry showed up for that game, Alabama would go home. It is, it's all <laughs> over. But anyway, um, you mentioned Jackson Dart, his um, impression that he made on you on the Vandy game. It, it was really nice to see him. Actually, Vandy said, okay, if you're going to beat me, Jackson Dart's going to beat me. Not Judkins, not Evans. Dart's going to have to do it. And Dart looked good. He had two little head-scratching throws. The second interception is kind of looked like he pulled the string on, you know, like he saw it mid-throw. And um, But that first one was really awful. But 30 out of 32 passes, he, he was just on. Yeah, and I think that was the big question with, you know, when you have guys, when you've had guys like Braylon Sanders and, and Dontario Drummond and, you know, now you're looking at this receiving core and kind of being like, all right, who's going to be that guy to step up? And Jonathan Mingo uh, certainly established himself. I think he, what, leader in the SEC now, receiving yards. <laughs> just just that one performance. It was so uh, incredible. Um, you know, I, I heard what Michael Trigg is going to be out probably for the rest of the year, report said. So that, that potentially doesn't yeah. help. That doesn't help. Uh, I've been a little bit wondering, like Malik Heath, I thought we'd see a little bit more out of this year. He's been fine, but I thought he was going to come in, kind of chip on his shoulder and coming over from that other school and wanting mm. to uh, to put, put you know, establish himself. But what can you say about Mingo? I mean, he is really kind of uh, establishing, establishing himself as that go-to target. And again, it's so dangerous because we know the run game is, is not going to go away. It's still going to be very good. Oh my gosh! If they can't rush for 250, you rush for 150. But can Jackson Dart counterbalance that and throw the football? And so far, they've answered the call. And so, yeah, like I said, just very impressed with with his poise a week ago, and excited to see what he does the, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, one player that I think everybody needs to watch is Jordan Watkins, especially with the injury to Michael Trigg. I think Jordan Watkins he went over 107. He went for 117 against Vanderbilt as well. His role in the offense has been slowly growing, and with Trigg being out, it looks like more will be on his shoulders um, as we move forward. Yeah, I'd like to see more of the backs catch, catch some balls too because mm-hmm. we saw that a lot last year, and it feels like they haven't really done that this year. Maybe it's because they haven't had to, but you know that's got to be in the playbook somewhere that, you know, whether it's Judkins or uh, Zach Evans, you know, I think one of those guys could certainly have more catches as the year goes along. Yeah, I think this is the perfect opportunity for Lane Lane Kiffin to incorporate 20 personnel and put Judkins and Evans on the field at the same time. Yeah, no doubt. They, they've been so – like, it's so funny. There have been times this year where I've said, you know, I feel like Judkins is the better back, and then I've gone back the next week and be like, no, I think it's still Evans. And so it's just funny that because I felt like that at times – I mean, Jerry and Ely and, and Snoop Connor and all those mm-hmm. – you know, it, you felt like that. I always went back and forth with them a year ago, and – I'm kind of in that same uh, same boat this year. I know some people probably elevating Judkins uh, already, but Evans is still a special talent too. So they're just so fun to watch, man. And kudos to this offensive line. We had some question marks about them coming into the year, but they have solidified themselves. It's one of the best bunches in, in the SEC. Yeah, two sacks yeah. on the year through six games. So that's pretty impressive. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Every day host Chris Gordy, he's right there. 
Um, and local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Chris, thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you enjoy today's college football action. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, bud? All right. Thanks, man. All right, man.